In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. my friends welcome to Wednesday welcome to Wednesday we made it to Wednesday we're halfway there are you on the very top of the hump right now are you going up the hump or are you coming down the hump isn't hump a funny word some camels have one hump some of them have two do you think the camels that have two humps can carry more water If you were going to ride a camel, would you want to sit in between the two humps? Or would you want to be on a camel that had one hump? And if you wanted to be on a camel that had one hump, would you want to sit in front of the hump or in the back of the hump? You might be able to reach your arms around the hump and like hold on to it like it's a adult on a jet ski and you're a child. I don't know. I've never ridden a camel before. I'm I'm just asking. I'm just asking all right is that so wrong <laughs> oh you can see how this one's starting out can't you you can see how this is starting out yes indeed my friends let me ask you have you ever been attacked by a dog have you i have a couple times and yesterday i got attacked by two dogs i know what you're thinking you sure are lucky, George. Two dogs? Ah. It's not fun. It's not fun. Especially, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm in good shape. But I'm not 22. Okay, you know what? Let me, let me begin at the beginning. Okay, how about that? That's like always a good place to start. Imagine walking up a hill let's say it's um, oh I don't know 40 meters for my friends who are on the metric system and 
100 yards for my friends in America. And you're walking up this uneven pavement. And lo and behold, a 70-pound Rottweiler comes running towards you. What do you do? What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. The first thing you do is you look back to see how far it is to your, your vehicle. Then you look back and you see the dog. And then in that split few seconds, you make a decision. Should I go back to my car or do I take a defensive posture? Well, for me, luckily, I wasn't that far from my vehicle. And I, see, it's important because you don't ever want to turn your back on a dog. You don't want to do that unless you're not really in danger. And I wasn't really in danger for this first one right here. So I turn around, I make it back to my vehicle. Not a big problem. Not a big problem. But you can rest assured, the customer that was supposed to get that package, yeah, they're not getting that package. I, I want to help everybody out, but the moment your dog attacks me, hey, you go on the list. You go on the list, I'm sorry, you go on the list. Which brings me to family number two. Now this scenario is a little bit different. This one's a little different. I, as a delivery driver, know all the dogs in my area. I know the route. I know the people. But there's this one family, and they have, they have three dogs. Now, most people abide by the leash law. However, some irresponsible pet owners, they don't think they need to abide by the leash law. And a real quick subject here, anyone who's ever been bit by a dog knows this. The people that own the dog that bit the person, they always say without fail, my dog never bites anybody. Which is bullshit because your dog just bit me. What you mean to say is my dog's never bit me. That's what you dummies should say. Don't say my dog's never bit anybody, it just bit me. Okay, back to my story. So, the first time, walking down another driveway, kid grabs his 65, 70 pound Sharpay, and the dog's teeth are like, rah, 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 he's getting all nuts and the dog is wriggling and he wriggles free of the eight-year-old's hand. Not the kid's fault, I get it, it's not the kid's fault. But it doesn't change the fact that the dog ran up and began, you know, it was was like slow motion, like I see him coming towards me and this is one where I couldn't run, I couldn't turn. I wasn't gonna turn, I'm, I'm, I'm too damn slow, I'm too damn white to run. I can't make it. So this time, the dog's running at me. And I, this is one where I just kind of square up my feet. I got to take my defensive posture. Things kind of slow down. And he's running. 
and as he gets close, I can see like his lips are kind of the top part of his snout is pulled up and I can see the red and his white teeth. And I realize that the dog's about two and a half feet tall, which puts his snout right on par with my balls. And I don't like that. Not one bit. So the dog's running. I'm doing some math in my head, thinking this dog's two feet tall, right there at the right at my crotch area. So I grab, I grab, I have like a little, little, ah, it's kind of like a little mini computer. You know the things delivery people, you know the little computer that delivery people, they carry with them? I grab that thing. And I'm squared up, I mean, I'm in my wrestling stance kind of, and the dog jumps, lunges. I turn out of the way and I come with my right hand and smack him on the back of the head, right? Not real hard, it was like a grazing blow. Think of like a boxer that like pulled back his head and the other guy just kind of caught him on the chin a little bit. Now, the do- now, now me and the dog are circling and he's barking and I'm yelling. He's barking, he's like, arr, arr, and I'm like, I'm the fucking apex predator. <laughs> it's kind of funny when I think about it like that. But it's true. It's true, I was yelling at him. The dog jumps again. And this time, like he catches my shorts, which is scary, because again, that's right where my balls are. That's right where my balls are. But lucky, lucky for me and him, like as he snagged my shorts, do I get off a mean crack with my computer right on his dome. Bah! Right up, right up above his eyes, right? Let's out a little whimper. Just running back towards his house. Now I'm on the attack. So I chase the dog down the driveway. And now I'm yelling like... I don't know, man. I'm, yell- I'm yelling. I'm mad. Screaming out obscenities. Telling the dog I'm the apex predator. Neighbors are coming out. The lady runs out of her house, tackles her dog. Kids are watching. And they're, they're jaw, the slack jawed, looking down with their mouth open. Adrenaline's going and I'm mad. Okay, that was the first time, right? There's no recourse. I don't, I don't get to go and yell at the lady or the kids. We've already addressed it. It wasn't the child's fault. But I'm still mad. My adrenaline's still going. So I just let it go. About a month later, same house. Same house. You see, let me me just interject it for a minute. I'd I'd be well within my right not to ever deliver another package to those people. But that's not me. That's not my style. So about a month later, happens again. It happens again. But this time, the dog just came flying out like I didn't even see him. He came running out and he tried to sneak up on me. But because we had had a previous battle, I think he was a little nervous. Because he came out and tried to sneak attack. I, I turned around on him and I just yelled at him and he ran. And I felt like I have a, 
establish some dominance. I know what you're thinking. Hey, George, why don't you just bring the dog a treat, man? Hey, George, why don't you just get a dog whistle? Hey, George, why, you know, why don't you just maybe try to make yourself known so, that, so people know you're there? Well, those are all options. But number one, I'm not going to spend my money on someone else's dog. Don't get me wrong. I love kids and I love dogs. However, I just don't have a lot of extra money where I can spend it on other people's dogs. Not to mention the leash law. If you're a responsible pet owner, you should abide by the law. And the law is either keep your dog behind a fence or on a leash. Otherwise, you're responsible. So that was the second time. Now, mind you, this is on my route, and I, I care about the people on my route. So I, after the second time, after I get mad, I get over it, and I think to myself, you know, this is a teachable moment. You know what I should do? The next time I go there, I should pull the kids and the husband aside and explain to them why this is irresponsible. I should explain to them, maybe they don't know. Maybe I know because I'm in the business and I've been bit by dogs and I know the repercussions of dog bites. Maybe those people don't understand that if their dog bites somebody, that they're gonna get automatically sued for 10 grand. If the dog breaks the skin, 10 grand. Not to mention the dog's gonna get put down. You know, maybe those people don't understand that. And maybe if I explained that to them, especially the kids, they, then they would understand why it's a problem. And maybe I could also explain to the kids how, you know, dogs don't ever really bite their owners, but because they're protective of their owners, they may see intruders as a threat. And then that's why that happened. Maybe, maybe I could work at some psychology and help out the kids and then help out myself and then create a better relationship, right? Yeah, George, that sounds like a great idea. next time I go, two days after the second time, like I see the husband and I put, there's no one around but the husband, which is good, right? Because as a man, if my wife or my kids do something that gets them in trouble, I would hope that if my kids and my wife were in a position where our dog attacked another man, I would hope that that man would wait for me, another man, or the husband, to come home so he could address that issue with me, like men, right? Right. So, I see the man, and I said, hey, you know, first off, I just wanna say, your kids are very respectful. I start off with a compliment, right? Because they were. He says, thank you. I go, you know, I do have an issue. I've noticed your dog has attacked me twice. I don't like it. It's very difficult for me to move through my day when I have dogs attack me. I've been bitten a couple times and it's, it's not pleasant. I have a family. I don't want to miss work. You know, Hawaii has a leash law and I was just hopeful that I could address this with you and you could solve this problem. You know, I realize it's not your kid's fault and I know your wife's probably busy She's got two kids. Lord knows. I mean, that's a two full-time jobs. So the guy says, yeah, you're right. 
Red. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, George. You know, it's not just you. The dogs attacked other people. That makes me think, like, what? What? Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down there. I'm not, I'm not gonna go down that road. I think to myself. So I just say, hey, well, I, I appreciate it. You know, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to let you know that if if it did bite me, there would be a problem. You know, uh, the dog would probably get put down. And uh, if I missed work, you know, the way it works here in the state I'm from, I don't even have a say. My company will automatically sue you. I'm just, I'm not saying that to be rude or disrespectful. I'm just telling you that so that you're aware of the consequences. Oh, you're right, George. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the guy says. Which brings me to yesterday. Walking down the same driveway. You think I'd know. You think that I, even though I had talked to the husband and he told me this wouldn't happen, you think I'd be on guard, right? Wrong. Walking down the driveway. Here comes Cujo. Teeth out, two and a half feet tall, lunging for my balls. Oh, it was one of those days. It was one of those days. You know, what do you do? What do you do? It, it begs the question. So it wasn't the guy. The wife comes running up, grabs her dog after we do a little sparring. And she's apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's hard. You know, I didn't say anything. There's a lot of things that I wanted to say, but I didn't. But it begs the question, are you sorry? Because if you were sorry, you wouldn't let it happen again. I think what you're trying to say is, I'm not committed to solving this problem because I don't care. I'm not committed to solving this problem because I don't care if my dog bites somebody. I'm the kind of person that would like to make the same mistake over and over and over and over again until the consequences are so great that my dog gets put down and I get sued. That's what you should say. That's what that lady should have told me. Hey, I would like to... I would like to teach my children not to solve problems. I would like to demonstrate to my children that there's an issue and that you just ignore it. Because that is the lesson that got taught in that teachable moment. <laughs> you see what's happening here, people? I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. Thank you for letting me start off with a story about dogs. Oh, it's funny to me. When I look back, it's funny. I thought, you know what I think I'll do? In order to make amends, I think I'll bring the bar, I think I'll bring the dog a nice big bar of chocolate. Right? Just make amends. Hey, Lassie, come here, pal. I love you. Let's share this big bar of dark chocolate. You and me. I love dogs. All dogs go to heaven. Is that too dark? Is it too dark? 
I'm just playing. I would never do that. Since I'm talking about delivering, since I'm talking about logistics, since I'm talking about current events, what do you guys think's happening right now in the world of logistics? I have seen some crazy stuff from, you, from, from delivery drivers. Be it UPS or be it FedEx or the post office or Amazon. Have you seen the amount of turmoil that's happening in these places? Have you seen it? It's crazy. It's really crazy. You know, there's, because commerce is shut down, I guess com, not all commerce is shut down. Due to the local community not having businesses open, internet traffic is at an all-time high. The numbers inside logistic companies look a lot like the numbers at Christmas time. And that's creating a crisis. A crisis in that there is not enough employees to handle the volume. And because of that, the amount of injuries the amount of accidents, the amount of potential liability is increasing exponentially. I think that OSHA, which is the Occupational Safety and Hazard people, I think they could go into any any logistics building in any state, in any city and find enough liabilities to shut them down. Any one of them. Any one of them. I've also noticed an increase in I think both apathy and ignorance from the community and from the people working on behalf of the people working the attitude is becoming more apathetic in that how come the people in the community don't care about me carrying this 150 pound mattress up a hundred stairs why don't they care about the guy or woman out there working every day bringing them a new pair of purple socks. Don't they know that regardless of how they people's opinion on the virus, that there's added stress in the environment? Don't they know that it's difficult to be out and be subjected to potential hazards in this pandemic? Why don't the people in the community care about the people delivering things? That particular attitude is becoming incredibly prevalent in the logistics industry and not a whole lot of people might be aware of it, especially if you're not in that industry. And if you're not, I would urge you be mindful of the people out there delivering your goods. Be mindful 
of the people working 70 or 80 hours a week so that you can have a pair of purple socks. Which brings me to the point, do you really need the purple socks? Do you? If you don't need it right now, don't buy it. I know it's tough, you're home, you're bored, you're getting 600 bucks, you know. But think about the people that are out there trying to provide you with the service of essential goods. Is what you're buying essential? If it is, by all means, buy it. If you have an underlying condition or if you're a little bit older and you need something, by all means, buy it. I mean, you should get it. The world of commerce on the internet is an amazing thing. However, in this pandemic, be mindful of the people working. One thing you can do is if you're part of the community and you're having stuff delivered, one thing you can do is if you know you're going to have someone come to the door, then put a little cooler by your door and put like a little note or a sign that says, thank you, delivery person. Please, reach in this cooler and grab yourself a cold drink. Here's a little snack. Thank you for delivering my purple socks. I'm just saying, I think it would go a long way. I think it would go a long way. The truth is, I've seen a lot of these guys and girls in the, in the warehouse buildings. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of issues right now. On a serious note, there's a lot of issues. I see accidents and I see injuries. And I see people attempting to cover up those accidents and injuries. And I see people that are really frustrated. And I see people that are filled with anxiety. And there's a lot of people I care about. On both sides of the aisle. The expectations for production in the time of a pandemic are incredibly unreasonable. It's unfortunate because I don't see it getting any better. I see it only getting worse. However, when things get bad, that provides us with an opportunity for change. That provides us with an opportunity to make things more effective and efficient. Right? That's the only way you can change. There's two ways people change. One is through inspiration and the other is through desperation. Either you, in times where things are great, you have a role model or you're inspired and you make a change. Or things get so bad, you have to change. And I think that's where we're at now. I think that's where we're at now. You know, in a lot of these places, the they're not taking any precautions. There's no temperature checks. There's no sympathy towards well-being. There's no there's not even any talk about the actual COVID virus. In a lot of places of business, you're not even allowed to talk about it. Think about delivery drivers like delivery drivers if, if I don't care what state you're in there's a delivery driver that delivered to a facility where people have COVID automatically that person has become in contact with those people maybe that person's asymptomatic 
At the very least, if someone in your place of work comes into contact with somebody that may have had COVID-19, it is irresponsible for the business to allow that person to keep working without a test. Regardless of what your take on the virus is, whether you think it's bullshit or you think it's true or it's man-made or it's not, that doesn't matter. What matters is respecting the opinion of everybody. And in order to do that, if someone comes into contact with it, that person then should be given a test and not be able to cause chaos in the environment. However, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. The large multinational corporations do not want to be liable for this. They want to receive all the profits, none of the liability. They're not even going to talk about it. And this is going to be the downfall, I believe. The amount, if, if the board of directors from these multinational corporations could see the techniques being employed to put out the production, the, the expected numbers of production, if the board of directors could see the methodology in which the immediate management team was producing results, then the board of directors would utilize their thick blanket of plausible deniability, pretend like they had no idea what was happening, and they would fire every single manager in every single building, in every single state, in every part of our nation. That's how bad it is in the buildings. That's how bad it is. People driving without licenses, accidents, injuries, people that are sick. And I'm I'm saddened because I think that you're going to probably see an eruption of violence. Not to mention you can read a lot of literature on physiology. And I would say that the majority of doctors agree that when you're tired, when you're stressed, when you're in a state of fear, when you have anxiety, that you're putting added stress on your immune system. So if there's a pandemic and people are thrust into these situations, is not the company responsible? Is not the company liable? Is that not the very definition of gross negligence? And should not the immediate managers be able to be sued? Should not these immediate management people be liable for the, for the well-being of the so-called people they claim to lead? I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. And I want to be clear. I'm not trying to bring up these issues to be an asshole. I'm bringing up these issues because there's a real possibility Look, I mean, do the research. 
Go online and look at the people that are dying in the logistics buildings. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Look it up. It's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> you know, let me try to let me try to lighten it up a little bit. You guys like Kevin Hart? Like I love I love comedy. I like comedians. I like laughing. And Sometimes comedians are funny not because of what they say, but because of what they do. They're still funny, but it's a different kind of funny. I'll give you an example. Dave Chappelle is a phenomenal comedian. That guy is really funny. And I think he's like a pure, he's like pure at heart. Like he doesn't lie. The stuff he says is really funny because it's true. You may not agree with him and maybe not, you may not think that everything he says is funny. However, I think it would be hard pressed for you to find an area where he is not saying what he thinks is true. And I think it would be hard for you to find areas where he's contradicting himself. He's, he's thought provoking. In a good way. I like Dave Chappelle. I think that guy's hilarious. He's the type of comedian that's funny because he's funny. He says funny things. Thought-provoking things. Kevin Hart, on the other hand. This guy's funny because of what he does. Let me give you an example. I've seen this clown on the Joe Rogan show. And you know what? You know what Kevin Hart said? And I bought his book, right? I bought Kevin Hart. I bought both his books and I read them. That way I feel like it's okay for me to talk a little bit of shit about this guy. In his books, let me, let me just give you a little bit of background before I get to the story. In his books that are very open about his life, he talks about how he made it in comedy how he was with together with this girl before he got big and he was never around and he would always leave her to go to the city and do comedy and, and attain his goal and then he makes it big and he cheats on his, his his wife and he leaves her hey you know what people change I get it whatever right and he makes it big has all this money then he marries his best friend's sister and he talks about this is the love of my life. I just love, love, love her. She's pregnant. And then he fucking cheats on her. And he's like, I'll never do that again. And then he cheats on her again. <laughs> okay, okay. I know, I know. But maybe you're not laughing because you, you haven't heard the story yet. <laughs> okay, so he's on Joe Rogan. And he's telling a story about how He's at the Super Bowl party and he sees Jeff Bezos. And he his his handler, his buddy is like Kevin Hart's like, "Oh, I'm going to go talk to Jeff Bezos, man. Tell him how awesome he is." And his friend says, "Man, I don't know if you want to do that. Probably not a good idea, dude." He said, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Look, man, I, I'm just saying, fucking, you want to be on that guy's nuts." And Kevin Hart Tells his friend, you don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm going to go talk to him. So Kevin Hart 
runs up to Jeff Bezos and he's like, man, I know this isn't the time to sit down and have a conversation with you, but I just want to tell you, Jeff Bezos, I admire you, man. I love you. I admire what you do, Jeff Bezos. You're a billionaire, man. I love you. I admire you. Okay, think about that. Motherfucking people all around our fucking United States of America are dying in Amazon buildings. Get it? Jeff Bezos is putting people in warehouses with unreasonable, unfair labor expectations. He's cutting their pay. He's squeezing them for profit. He's using these people like interchangeable parts, which is a lot like slavery, Kevin Hart. And here's Kevin Hart talking about how much he loves Amazon, how much he loves Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Like, that's what I mean by like, He's funny for what he does. Like, that guy is a walking stereotype. You're talking about how much you love Jeff Bezos? Hey, Kevin Hart, maybe you should love your wife. You ever thought about that, dummy? Maybe you should love your second wife as much as you love Jeff Bezos. How about that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Kevin Hart is a fucking retard. A retard. Granted, he's a rich one. But think about what that guy does. That guy's running around cheating on his wives, being a horrible father, telling the richest white guy in the world how much he loves him while the richest white guy in the world is borderline enslaving people of color. And you have this fucking dummy celebrating them. If you're listening to this, do me a favor. Don't ever watch a Kevin Hart movie. And if you do, laugh at Kevin Hart because he's a dummy, not because he's funny. He's funny because he's a walking stereotype. He's funny because of what he does. See how I tied that to Amazon right there? You see, I took took the little comedy speech right there and I dropped it over to Amazon. I brought it back to logistics. That's what I got for you guys today. This is kind of a uh, tribute to all the people in logistics, man. This is a tribute to everybody who rolls out of bed, throws on their shoes, and goes to work. And this is for all my friends behind the wheel of a truck. And I love you guys. Thinking about you. I love you and your families, man. And I hope this is for all this is for all the drivers, man. I hope I'm bringing you at least a smile, man. At least a smile. All right. I love you guys. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way. I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. 
I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I would just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true, but you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.